And now we continue in 13th of Nisan from sunset to sunrise and they went into the Mount of Olives and that is in Matthew 26 and we begin with the verse 30 it says and when they had sung an hymn they went out into the Mount of Olives then said Jesus unto them all ye shall be offended because of me this night for it is written I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. That's uh, quoted from Zechariah 13:7. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And that was the second prophecy now. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and said unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. This is the only time in the Bible where it talks about Jesus Christ being sorrowful and being heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And when he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and said unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples, and said unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of the sinners. Arise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. You can see already from this record by reading through that it was a really heavy time for him. And the reason it was heavy because he exactly knew what he was going to fulfill. He exactly knew what he was going to go through. Every detail was written in the Old Testament in such way that when he had read, he could recognize, this is talking about me, this is going to happen, this I have to do, that I have to do, until it all is finished and then I can die. 
The heaviness was not only because of the incredible pain that he had to go through. And I remind you again, so he was a human being like us. His body was similar, very similar, the same basically as ours, only in quality much better, like Adam's body in the beginning. The only difference between him and Adam was that Adam didn't do the Father's will, Jesus Christ did. So he had a fantastic nervous system that felt the pain exactly the same as us. So nothing was taken out of it for him because he was the son of God. He had to suffer to the fullest. And when we go through it and see exactly all the details, what happened, that is amazing that a man can do that. Uh, let's continue in Mark chapter 40. Elizabeth, can you read? 26 to 42. 26 to 42. And when they had sung an hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will I not. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, That this day, even in this night, Before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. That was the third and the last prophecy. And actually, this can be understood, That he said, Before the cock crow twice, Thou shalt two times thrice made deceive. There was two cockrowings coming, and actually we can see there was six denials coming. Three denials before each cockrowing. And after the second cockrowing, Peter finally realized what he had done. So that is very interesting to look at that. So these details, I just will show to you, I will not prove them to you that that's so. If you want to study, you can do it yourself. You can do it, if you just read every place and compare them. Such little detail, but that also shows then the stress that Peter was going through, because he really wanted to serve his master. And he said, look, I never will betray you. And then he was so afraid that he did it six times, even though it probably wouldn't have made any difference to him if he would have admitted, yes, I'm his disciple. But he spake the more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? 
couldest thou not watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed and spake the same words, and when he returned he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy, neither wist they not what to answer him. And he cometh a third time and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest, it is enough. The hour is come, behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. So, about his pressure, not only he knew that he was going to be tortured and killed in a cruel way, but he also knew all the different things that had to take place before he was able to die. And he even had to die a certain time, the proper time. He had the responsibility to follow the scripture, to fulfill the scripture. It would not come automatically. He, by the freedom of his will, went through it and did all the things that God asked him to do. By the freedom of his will, he did that because he saw love. And the next one is Luke, chapter 22, and we begin with verse 39, and the last one that we read is 46. 39 to 46. 46. And he came out and went, as he was wont, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray ye that you enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. Okay, and then the next section in John, 15 through 18, one is such a long one that I decided we are not going to read it now together. I just point out some things for you from there, but I would wish that you would read sometime during these days, these chapters, because they are unbelievably comforting and exhorting chapters altogether in the Gospel of John. However, in chapter 15, verse 16, it says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name he may give it you so it actually is like that about those twelve that he went and he chose them he called them and chose them they didn't choose him now in a way it's the same to us but you need to understand you hear the call you are called Everybody is practically called. All human beings on the earth, they can hear the call. That is God's plan. Therefore, we should hold forth the word. But when you believe, then you are chosen. Must have been the same with them. He went, called, and they believed, and he chose them. 
So in that way, we have not chosen him. But when we believed, he has chosen us. We are called and then we are chosen. Then in chapter 16, let's read the end of the chapter, beginning with verse 23. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So never before they had prayed like that. But now he put himself in between. He is the mediator between man and God. So in his name we pray. Jesus Christ is in our heart. He actually is like we in a way. He's part of our identity. We are Christians, that means there's a Christ in us. But we cannot say that I am Christ. We in our body and soul are what we are. Then Christ has come to it in addition. Like in the beginning, Adam and Eve had the Spirit of God. And then they lost it when they sinned. In that place, Jesus Christ has come into our hearts. So we don't really pray him for anything, basically. But because he is the chief commander, the highest in rule before God, we can talk with him. He's our brother, our big brother. And there are some places in Acts, like Ananias. You can read it clearly and you see that he was speaking with the Lord Jesus Christ in that regard. Things like that have happened. But any which way, when we talk about prayer, then we pray the Father in his name. Verse 24, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. Verse 26, At that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and have believed that I come out from God. I came forth from the Father, and am come into the world again. I leave the world, and go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. See, he knew that even everybody of them is just going to go out. Nobody can be there supporting him. He will be alone, facing the accusers. Then in chapter 17 I would like to point out to use the word world, like in verse 5. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Cosmos refers to the people. Before the people were. After the fall they sinned. And before they had children. That's what he's referring to. And then 
Verse 6, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world, out of the other people. Verse 14, for example, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. world almost all the time is referring to the people in the world. He had given his word to his disciples and the world, the people in the world had hated them. And then it says in verse 21, that they all may be one, as thou Father art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world, the people of the world, may believe that thou hast sent me. And then verse 24, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me, where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the katabole of the world, before the begetting of the world. And then we're going to come to chapter 18, verse 1. But now we can continue in my notes, page 14. The word cup has often been used figuratively to express that someone takes part in what is in the cup. In Psalm 11 verse 6 it says, Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone, and an horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. Then Isaiah 51 17. Awake, awake, stand up, O Jerusalem, which has drunk at the hand of the Lord, the cup of his fury, thus drunken the dregs, of the cup of trembling and wrung them out. Then Jeremiah 25 For thus said the Lord God of Israel unto me, Take the wine cup of this fury at my hand and cause all the nations to whom I sent thee to drink it. And they shall drink and be moved and be mad because the sword that I will send among them. Then took I the cup at the Lord's hand, and made all the nations to drink, unto whom the Lord had sent me. To wit Jerusalem, and the chiefs of Judah, and the kings thereof, and the princes thereof, to make them a desolation, an astonishment, and hissing, and a curse, as it is this day. So in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in those places, the cup represents the heavy responsibility which Jesus had to carry. His responsibility was to take upon himself the punishment, the punishment for the sin of all the people. That was the cup. So, the next section is Jesus captured and brought to the high priests in the night of 13th of Nisan. So we begin again in Matthew 26, verses 47 through 75, end of the chapter. So Matthew 26. Verse 47. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. 
And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priests and smote off his ear. Then said Jesus unto him, It says, smote off his ear. The word off is not really in the text. The word is that he cut his ear, but the ear didn't fall on the ground. That is the point. In all the Gospels, the same thing. When the off comes, it is not in the text. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Okay, there's another thing. Many people often say that Jesus Christ said, Therefore you should not have any swords or any guns or anything like that. That is not true because he himself had said them already. That have some swords. Times change. The point is that in this situation, Peter, if you start moving your sword all around, then these people, 400 to 600 Roman soldiers, will definitely kill you. <laughs> that was the point in the context. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? In that same hour said Jesus to the multitudes, Are you come out as against a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and ye laid no hold on me. Okay, the word thief is another one that is systematically wrongly translated. That's the word lestes, should be a robber in all the Gospels in this place. When he speaks about himself like a thief, it should be like a robber. And then verse 56. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. And this uh, saying, all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Uh, it's a construction in Greek which actually means all this was done with the result that the scriptures of the prophets be fulfilled. Almost every time when something like this is, you can understand it like, that happened with the result that the prophecies were fulfilled. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Okay, now if you turn the page, on page 15, I have this picture. The house was like that, like a courtyard in the middle, and then the buildings were like wall around it. So the whole system was called Aule, and this is the word from which the word palace was translated in many other places, like in verse 69, the same word Aule. And now point out there is coming one place when Peter moves out of the Aule into the porch area, and that word is pro-aulion, where you come into the building. And another thing, it says in here that he was brought to Caiaphas, but actually he was first brought to Hannas, or Annas, that is in, I think in John. They were actually both chief priests at the time, because um, Hannas had been pretty independent of the Romans, had done many decisions and judgments that the Romans didn't like, so they had asked 
to put Kayafa's his son-in-law into acting position as uh, the chief priest. But for the Jews, Hannas was still the chief priest. Because Hannas was the father-in-law to Caiaphas, they lived in the same household, in the same building here. So one wing might have been Caiaphas place and the other wing Hannas place. So Jesus was moved back and forth between those two in that building. And everything happened in the same house and Peter was following what was happening in the courtyard. So can you read 58 again? But Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found there none. At the last came two false witnesses and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But Jesus held his peace. And the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. So he said, chief priest said, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. So that was the most powerful way to demand somebody to answer a question, to refer to God. Verse 63, I answer thee by the living God. That made Jesus Christ answer. He had to answer that question. Therefore he answered what he answered. Jesus said unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He hath spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now you have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They answered and said, He is guilty of death. Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is he that smote thee? Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. That was his second denial. Continue. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him, and said unto him, unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know that man. And that was his fourth denial. And after a while came unto him, they that stood by, and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. And he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. So that was the fifth denial and second cock crowing. So these two denials, five and six, were really close to each other. In another gospel we see that while he yet was speaking the sixth denial, then the cock crew started to crow. Can you read the last verse? And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, 
which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. We continue in Mark chapter 14. And we begin with verse 43, 43 through 72. Can you start reading? And immediately while he yet spake, cometh Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves, from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And he that betrayed him had given them a token, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Take him and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he goes straightway to him and saith, Master, Master, and kissed him. And they laid their hands on him and took him. And one of them that stood by drew a sword and smote a servant of the high priest and cut his ear. So the word off is not in the text. Yes. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Are you come out as against a thief with swords and with staves to take me? Again the word thief is lest as robber. I was daily with you in the temple teaching and you took me not, that the scriptures must be fulfilled. And they all forsook him and fled, and there followed him a certain young man, having a linen cloth, cast about his naked body, and the young men laid hold on him, and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. So when it says naked in here, it doesn't mean that he was completely naked. They took the linen cloth, the outer garment, linen cloth, that linen cloth was like a coat. So he had a tunic and girdle, like underclothes, something like that still. He was not completely naked. And they led Jesus away to the high priest, and with him were assembled all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes. And Peter followed him afar off, even into the palace of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. And the chief priests and all the council sought for witness against Jesus to put him to death, and found none. For many bear false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. So this is what I wanted to show you in Deuteronomy 19. Let's go there quickly. <coughs> and the verses 15 through 19. 15 through 19. Elizabeth, can you read? 15 through 19. Deuteronomy 20. One witness shall not rise up against the man for any iniquity or for any sin, in any sin that he sinneth. At the mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter be established. If a false witness rise up against any man to testify against him that which is wrong, then both the men between whom the controversy is shall stand before the Lord, before the priests and the judges, which shall be in those days. And the judges shall make diligent inquisition, and behold, if the witness be a false witness, and hath testified falsely against his brother, then shall ye do unto him as he had thought to have done unto his brother. So shalt thou put the evil away from among you. So they broke these kinds of rules left and right all the time there. They should not have been a night trial. And the another thing is, they should not have used the accused own words ever. It said there has to be a witness, and one witness is not enough. At least two 
unanimous witnesses have to be there that prove that something is done wrong. And then the person can be judged. But not by his own confession even can he be judged. So can you continue with verse 57? In Mark 14. And there arose certain and bare false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. So, even that witness is wrong, because they said, We heard him say, I will destroy. Jesus Christ did not say that. He said, destroy this temple, referring to his own body, then I will put it up again. 59, you can continue. But neither so did their witness agree together. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes and said, What need we any further witnesses? Yes, that was another thing that he did. Rent his clothes. Let's go to Leviticus 10 verse 6. Leviticus 10 and in verse 6 it says, Can you read it? And Moses said unto Aaron, and unto Eleazar, and unto Ithamar his sons, Uncover not your heads, neither rend your clothes, lest you die, and lest wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord hath kindled. 21, Leviticus 21, verse 10. And he that is the high priest among the brethren, upon whose head the anointing oil was poured, and that is consecrated to put on the garments, shall not uncover his head, nor rent his clothes. So it was an honor for him, and he did it. So can you continue in Mark 14, verse 64? Ye have heard the blasphemy, what think ye? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. And some began to spit on him, and to cover his face, and to buffet him, and to say unto him, Prophesy, and the servants did strike him with the palms of their hands. And as Peter was beneath in the palace, there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. So in the palace he is again Aule. Continue. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied, saying, I know not, neither understand I what thou sayest. And he went out into the porch, and the cock crew. That was, according to Marx, how you can recognize them, the first denial, and that was the first cock crowing. And the word porch is pro-aulion. Remember the porch era like I showed you in the picture. Can you continue? 69. And a maid saw him again, and began to say to them that stood by, This is one of them. And he denied it again, and a little after, they that stood by said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. And the second time the cock crew, 
And Peter called to mind the word that Jesus had said unto him, Before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he wept. So in verse 70, he denied it. Again, it's fourth denial. In verse 71, it's fifth denial. And in 72, it's second cock crowing. All right, we go to Luke 22. And verses 47 through 65. And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? When they which were about him saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And one of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut his ear, his right ear. And Jesus answered and said, Suffer ye thus far, and he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and the captains of the temple and the elders which would come to him, Be ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves? Again the word thief is lest as robber. When I was daily with you in the temple, he stretched forth no hands against me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, this man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. That was the second denial. And after a little while another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. That was the third denial. And about the space of one hour after another confidently affirmed, saying of a truth, This fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. That was the sixth denial. So immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. Right before that was the fifth denial. And then the sixth came at the same time almost with the cock crowing. Elizabeth, can you continue? 61 through 65. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. And the men that held Jesus mocked him and smote him. And when they had blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is it that smote thee? And many other things blasphemously spake they unto him. Against him. So this beating started already that first night, Monday night. So now we make a break.